Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> okay, what do all these funny people have in common? Cecily Strong, Jason Manzukis, Duncan Trussell, Paul Shear, Scott Ackerman, Beth Stelling, Tom Papa, Lauren Lapkus, Louis Anderson, Lisa Gilroy, Paul F. Tompkins, and Sir Patrick Stewart. They've all played characters on the hit comedy podcast, Mega, an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. The next time you're in the mood for some laughs, great guests, out-of-this-world improv and cultural commentary, we're here for you, baby. Listen to Mega anywhere you listen to podcasts. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, the incomparable Lily Tomlin. She's won a Tony, multiple Emmys, a Grammy, and received both the Kennedy Center Honors and the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. She's here to coach Paula on an audition. It's the ultimate example of overkill, except hopefully no one will die. Plus, why is our show the 86th highest rated podcast in Croatia? And why are we trending in Moldova? We'll investigate the special spell we cast in Eastern Europe. And later, it's time for the laugh-off. The off-mic laughter of producers Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns and Tony Anita Hall has galvanized listeners. Now, it's your chance to identify the source of the chuckling that you love or alternately hate. It's a guffaw showdown on Miranda Street with valuable bars of hotel soap dangled as prizes for our listeners. I'm Adam Felber, the ivory soap of the show. I'm 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent purely focused on cleaning up our act. And now, please welcome our in-house bottle of liquid body gel. It could spray out anywhere. Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much! Boy, Welcome, Paula. And, um, it is going to be so hard to say fuck on this show. It really is, and yet you already did it. Yeah. And, uh, but a big thank you to tonight's house band, opera singer, Jamie Chamberlain. Nice. Oh, my Lord. Okay. This is going to be hard to get past. Paula, I understand you suffered a terrible loss this past week. On Sunday, I was using the bathroom. Yes. And my cell phone my beloved flip phone. Oh, the flip phone, because you have a smartphone, too. Uh, yeah, but I don't use it to talk on. My flip phone fell into the toilet. While you were using it? Yes. Yeah. So uh, it slipped out of your hands? No, I was not. No, I was not using the phone okay. while I was on the toilet, although I will say stranger things have happened. You know, sure. Captain Crinkle calls me a lot. Yes. And there's only so much time in a day. I, I hear that. I've um, talked to her. But no, it slipped out of my pocket into the... 
toilet. I'm not even going to ask what sort of bathroom technique you were using that involved pockets over a toilet, but um, I think I was using it correctly. Really? I yeah. Okay. It, no, I think it. I, I can't. But it slipped it into there's, the toilet. There's science involved. There's physics. Okay, I, it I slipped can't into the toilet, it and is, is it ruined? It well, yeah. I tried to save it. I tried desperately to save Did it. Did you put it in a bag of rice? I didn't put it in a bag of rice. I uh, well, you could do it, and if it doesn't work, you still got rice. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you got that side dish. No, but it, it's, really, it's, you can put it in a bag of any side dish. Right. Yeah. You yeah put exactly. It, you yeah, could. you can put it. No, allegedly, of, rice helps. My daughter is a vegan, you know, so uh, I would put it in a bag of quinoa or farro. Oh, I like farro. Quinoa <laughs> is quinoa is just going. You're too not. Far. You're not a quinoa person. Yeah, but, but anyway, so no. It so, was, uh, so now it was, I think my entire neighborhood heard the screams of pain when my uh, cell phone fell in the toilet. Now I've always loved your phone because it's it's nostalgic for me when I hear that little AT and T sign off or whatever it is. It's a flip phone. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Donna Reed calls me on it. Now you want to replace it soon? I, I guess. do want to replace it, and we uh, well I say we. My assistant Wendell uh, went out to look, uh, and he couldn't find that kind of phone. You know why? Because he doesn't have a time machine. So because he would need so to go shopping go, in 1997 to, to get your phone. You're like a kid thinking that it has to be the most modern. The mo- you know, yeah, I don't think it has to be I the do most have modern. An iPhone, and I think it's a what, what is how do they how do they identify the iPhones? Smartphones. The the, the ones with the numbers. It's uh, I have a five. I have a six, what? It, yeah, five or six or yeah, seven or I think eight I have or a ten. Three. And by the way, wow. I, I bought my three the day before the four came out. Wow, so it must have been nice and inexpensive. No, I don't think it was. You just I think I paid to full them. price. <laughs> well, I really don't need the latest and greatest. I'm actually still rocking an iPhone 6S, which is like three models Wait ago. a minute. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's why when I call you, all I can hear is... No, that's because you're. I'm always at the dentist <laughs> when, when you're... <laughs> do you I'm, hear I'm... the guy going, do you want to spit now? Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. So so you need another one, right? I do. It was, uh, let's see, it was a LG B, B470 okay. for AT&T. Okay, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to reach out to our listeners. Usually we're offering them stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, we're it's not. About, we're asking them for content, and know, we give them it's a, it's hotel a, soap. It's about time that dynamic changed anyways. Right. So, listeners, this is what you can do for Paula. Do you have any ideas of how you can resuscitate her LG B470 AT&T flip phone? And if you do, we're going to urge you to get in touch with us through— um, Well, uh, don't call me. Well, don't call her. <laughs> <laughs> I tried Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Yeah. Any ideas whatsoever— um, rest assured, we have thought of the rice thing. It seems to be a little more um, involved in that. No, I think it's But if you know where Paula rice. can get one or resuscitate her existing one, why, she'd really appreciate it. And it's time to move her straight forward into the 20th century again. I'm telling I'm missing that phone. It was the best. It had the best shape. It had a good shape, that phone. It was just a regular flip phone, wasn't it? Yeah, but it had a good shape. You like, like I got f- another flip phone that I don't like at all. It's okay. square. And it's, it sounds tinny. I, I don't like it. I mean, not okay. that my whole life is phones one way or the other, but I am passionate about that. All right. Phone. Well, hopefully other listeners can help. And maybe that help is going to come from Eastern or Northern Europe. We're big there. For some reason, we have discovered that we're very popular in Croatia, where we are the 86th highest ranked comedy podcast. Well, I'm not sure I'd call that very popular to begin with. Well... That's that's against all the popular American comedy podcasts and all the I'm sure very popular Croatian, Croatian comedy uh, podcasts. You know, I don't know anything about Croatia. I'm shamefully ignorant about Croatia. I don't picture like laughing Croatians. 
Oh, they laugh. Do they? Oh, they do. Oh. I don't know much about Croatia either, except from the history books and the fact that they have a few really good basketball players. They they uh, they support basketball players. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that's something, well, something they do. Yeah. Yeah, and Anyways, we also have 86. A, that's quite a position. Well, we're and climbing, I, yeah. I'd assume. Yeah, 86 with a rocket. Yeah, and um, and we also have a fan base in Moldova. We found out the other day. Yeah, that is now. Uh, do we know anything about how? Are we on a? How did we find out? Are we on a chart? Are we climbing? Tony Anita Hull. I think I think we reported it just a week or two ago. Uh, Tony Anita Hull um, said that we were ranked uh, somewhere somewhere pretty high on the charts in Moldova. We just we have such a fabulous producer, uh, uh, Tony. That she just called Moldova. And said, hey, do you like Paula Poundstone? Yeah. And they said, uh, not her comedy, but that podcast. The podcast is good. Yeah. The comedy, but, nah. Not too much. Not, the not, podcast. Not the fan, the Adam Filber is on every show. They didn't say that. They at did. All. They did? Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Well, that's, again. Yeah, that's a thing. We're pushing you this know, meme. And... I think part of the reason that we've got this more international uh, outreach yeah. is because I used to work at the International House of Pancakes. I don't think that's it. And... Uh, I used to serve the Croatian pancakes. They really. What's a Croatian pancake, Paula Poundstone? Well, it's thin. Okay, <laughs> it's a thin pancake. It's you got a, nothing it's here, do you? It's a thin, serious pancake. It's a thin it's, and serious yeah. pancake. It's Does it like, brood? Is it a brooding pancake? It's uh, it's had some strife. Um, I uh, no, there were no Croatian pancakes. You're right. Uh, but, there were Swedish pancakes. But I think. you did. Oh, you know what? We're about to talk about Sweden because you may recall that a Hungarian professor. Yes. Used our podcast to help teach English as a second language. And we uh, actually interviewed that professor on this here program. Yeah. Well, in the same way, Swedish middle school teacher Tracy Schenken has introduced Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone to her class. And the middle school students recorded some observations and sent them over to us. You know, what's great to know is that education has gone to hell in every country. Yeah, it's comforting. Yeah. For a while, I thought it was just us. Right. But yeah. now that, that we're being used academically... Uh, We're not falling in, behind. Uh, in where in Sweden. 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 Which you think of as a very refined and educated country. I do. And yet they're using you and me. Yeah, well, maybe this so is the he, outlier. He, would you like to hear some Swedish yes, middle schoolers yes. talking about our podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Here's um, Tracy uh, Schenk and ask them about me, Adam Felber. Does anybody know who Adam Felber is? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Just uh, I'm, I'm he's always it. with uh, Paula. No, he's there yeah, every right. show. <laughs> <laughs> now... <laughs> This canard Boy, that you've been Swedish spreading about students me. students <laughs> are very observant. Yeah, well, you've now spread this meme internationally that the, that the only thing worth saying about me is that I'm on every show. No one said it was the only thing worth it saying about you. It seems to be you. the only thing that gets said. It's said frequently because people make note of it. Because no, the it's Swedish, said frequently because Swedish you push students are very observant. <laughs> It's All not right. just meatballs. They are paying attention All right, well to then, the world around them. Be that as that. it may. All right, is there another one? She asked the students what you and I need to know about Sweden. Okay. Uh, what do Paula and Adam need to know about Sweden? Number one, we live in Ikea. It is the only thing we know. <laughs> no, we do not we, live in Ikea. We eat meatballs for every meal. No, we don't. <laughs> and we... Praise Abba as a god. <laughs> well, I'm going to say two things. Number one, that particular middle schooler has a future in podcasts or comedy because that that was really funny. Yeah. Um, also, he has to pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's a slow talker. He's laconic. But then again, Swedes are laconic. I didn't know that. Yeah, Who they told talk you that? slowly. Who said that Swedes were laconic? I was told that by a Swede once. It took a week and a half to get the message to me. Uh-huh. 
All right. So is there another one? Is there another one? There's one more. Uh, She wanted to find out if they like our show in general. Oh, boy. Well, keep in mind that we're 86th ranked in uh, Croatia. Right. But the Swedes care not a fig for Croatia, as you'll hear in in this excerpt. Alice, did you find Adam and Paula to be funny? Um, no, she well, someone's speaking for Alice. <laughs> that was Eira. Eira, did you find Adam and Paula to be funny? No, I didn't understand what they said. So what advice can you give them for all of the Europeans out there using the podcast to learn English? Talk more slowly. Did you hear that, Paula? You yes. talk too quickly. Okay. And now for our next segment. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> for our friends in Sweden. <laughs> we should have a section of the show now that's just comedy for Swedes. Just really slow. <laughs> I like I like that the, at the moment our fan base pops up in Sweden, we alienate them. Just like yeah. that. It took us this no time. This wasn't a fan base. That was a class of students. This Who didn't was, like us. <laughs> this, was, this was foist upon them. Not. It's not like the student came in and said, could we... Could we, Mrs. What was her name again? Schenken. Could we, Mrs. Schenken, please listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? That was not it was the, the message other way around. Yeah, was, and they were not happy. And yeah, this was like some sort of corporal punishment. You yeah, know, I'll um, take listeners even if it's compulsory. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? If we became more popular in Sweden and then they maybe took a class trip to Croatia, right. we could be 85th highest ranked. In, yeah. In Croatia. Because they'd be and in Croatia when, while that's downloading. That's when you start getting the big advertising money. That's exactly money. when it happens. Now, um, it's good to know that, that we've gone global, though. We're being used as a global educational tool. Yeah, I'm And very doing flattered. the podcast is fun for us, but there's more to it than that. You know, that's right, Adam. As you know, I have lots of fun doing this show. And I had to ask myself a couple of months ago, though, is it enough just to have fun? And the answer was no. I also need to improve my vocabulary. So I've been working on a new word each show. I'm still not making any money, but when I'm behind on my rent, I'm able to say to my landlord, although I have no cash, I can tell you that the word stoop means a cloth wrung out of hot water and applied to a body part. That should make us even, Stephen. That was our word last week, I believe. Yeah, stoop. Stoop, S-T-U-P-E. Yeah, it's a a compress. Uh, This week's word, Adam, is kith. Oh, I know that one. It's a noun that means uh, familiar friends, neighbors, or relatives. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Each week, I meet with my kith at Ray Horseman Studios to create another episode of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Well, that's, that's, that's a terrific word. You know, I looked it up in two different dictionaries, and one yeah. of them said familiar friends, and the other one said acquaintances. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to go with the uh, first dictionary version. Familiar friends. Yeah. I, I think that's the one. I, t- I don't consider I my acquaintances my kith, for heaven's sakes. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. give them my kith cards that I give out to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are people I just bumped into. You don't get to be my kith right away. Now, I have to tell you, I knew the word kith, but I have never heard it used without the words and kin you know, added to it. In one it. definition, it was kith and kin, and then the next one was just uh, was just kith. Well, and kith, I've heard kith, it, kith is family members, so kith is right. friends. So it's friends and family. You're right, but then if kith is uh, relatives, then it's um, redundant. It's like saying my relatives and, and my, my relatives. relatives, right? My relatives and my friends and relatives. Um, I've heard it in uh, the "Thank You Very Much" song. In Oliver, no, uh, thank you very much. Doesn't come from Oliver. Oh, no, it's Scrooge. What? Scrooge, the it's musical. Scrooge, the yeah. musical. Yes, yeah, it's one of my favorite Christmas. Kith and Kin is a is a is a phrase in that song. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah, um, I'm thinking that some enterprising 
mobile phone company, maybe your beloved AT&T, can start instituting a kith and kin plan instead of a a friends and family plan. Because it means the same, but sounds better. Yeah. No, they're now they're working on their stupid, uh, you know, that's the power of and. Doesn't even mean anything. Power of and. Yeah, that's the AT&T. Well, it is the only major wireless company with an and in their name. Yeah, that's the power of and. Yeah. And it's not and, it's a ampersand, isn't it? Isn't that what that's called? Doesn't an ampersand stand for and? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we've yeah. exhausted that, haven't yeah. we? Um, no. All right. All right. Now, All right. ladies and gentlemen. What? Aren't you going to say what's coming up? Yes, I am. <laughs> coming up, <laughs> iconic actress Lily Tomlin coaches Paula on her audition skills. A new segment of Outside the Actor's Studio is next when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. True. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. See that girl, watch that scene, dig in the dancing queen. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by Away, makers of world-class luggage. Away was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK Airport with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. Luggage with power. Thus, the Away carry-on was born. I personally love my Away bag. When my family visited Disneyland last week, remember we were talking about that on yeah. the show, we took the Away bag with us, which is a great bag, and yeah, we were able to pack with it, and then... I took the little battery, the lithium-ion battery, out of the luggage and just carried it with me with our phones and our water bottles at Disneyland. And both my wife and I had our phones charged all day. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. I love my Away bag. Do you? Yeah, I got the big kind. 
Yes. Um, so the big kind does not have the charger because it goes in the belly of the plane. Right. When and you can't you, have and the... you can't have the battery in the belly of the plane. Okay. So what it has that's really great, A, is the compression. The they compression, great compression thing. Technology. So one half of my big bag I use to carry the merchandise that I sell on the road. Um, and I use that compression to squish in a large selection of of remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. Yeah, Those, that would be your Paula Poundstone t-shirts. Yes. The Paula Poundstone t-shirts, yes, which are made from a tri-polyblend, which is what makes them remarkably soft. Okay, they're not a tri-polyblend, but it's interesting because there's no such thing. But it is interesting that you bring that up because these bags are made with polycarbonate. I didn't realize they it's were made true. with polycarbonate. What a freakish coincidence. It's a very good coincidence. Oh, my gosh. This is what makes us popular in Croatia. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll add that if anything breaks, Away will fix or replace it to you for life. Wow. That's either the life of the bag or the life of you. I'm not quite sure which they mean. There's a 100-day trial. You live with it. You vibe with it. You travel with it. You Instagram it. And at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. Wow, that's No nice. questions asked. That's great. No questions asked. Come on. There's got to be something they want to know. Like, how can we provide you with more excellent customer service today? Something like that. Something like that. Maybe they will ask that question. But for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash Paula20. And use the promo code Paula20 during checkout. That's $20 off an already kind of amazingly affordable suitcase by going to awaytravel.com slash Paula20 and using the promo code Paula20. At checkout. I just want to tell you one more thing, which is I've had wheelie bags in the past. Yes. Um, these wheels are incredibly smooth. They're really great wheels. Yeah. They've solved a lot of wheel problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times. A lot of wheel world problems. When I'm going solved. <laughs> when, when I'm when I'm going through Los Angeles Airport, a lot of times I just make time on the other. I'll spot another traveler ahead of me. And just zip past him because, because my wheels. Because he's got a bum wheel and you've yeah, got an oasis. Yeah, because my wheels case. are so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, now and our they'll li- wave their fist at me. You a way bag person. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yeah, I happened. have never seen that happen in an airport, but yeah, I, I believe that you have to some degree. Yeah, I have. That's awaytravel.com slash Paula20. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. It's all taken and no giving. Thank you, house band Jamie <laughs> Chamberlain. You know, for an opera singer, you've got some <laughs> range there, and I think you're a soprano, and that felt that felt a little low for you, right? It was a little belty. It was a little belty. Friend. I loved it. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that term, belty. It was belty. It's the a one who belts. Theater term. One who belts? Yes. Oh, boy, you broke... Yeah, you really learned that definition. What does it mean, the theater term? Well, I, I will say this. So it's when you're singing in what's called the chest voice commonly, and it's typically used in musical theater, uh-huh. whereas in opera, you're more likely to be singing in your head voice, which is that higher register. Oh, yeah. that- but she was belting. Yeah. <laughs> in like- comedy, I just have a lot of phlegm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what makes you such a qualified comedian. I have comedian. such a hard time getting past my... I, I'm, I'm constantly in some... Form of phlegm negotiation. Yes. Yeah. When From I'm, coughing when, to when throat talking. clearing. I do to, have a chronic cough. Gargling. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 do it all. Yeah. Yeah. You're a multi-tooled comedian. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people come back for over and over again. And that's, I understand you're going to be taking that phlegm on the road sometime soon, right? I am taking that phlegm on the road. That's right, because I still can't nail my auditions for TV and movie roles. I continue 
to do performances as a comedian. That's not entirely true. I love to be a comic. Um, for instance, uh, I'll be in Medford, Massachusetts on June 21st at the Chevalier Theater. Uh-huh. And I'll be in Wilmington, North Carolina on June 22nd at the Wilson Center. And even if I got a television or a movie job, I would still do those jobs. Yeah, I know you love playing I love them, doing but, them. But I bet you'd like to actually book the jobs you audition for. I, it would be good. I've never gotten a job from auditioning. Right. And we've been trying to fix this on the show, as you remember. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, I'm really coming along. Yeah. I mean, we had Bill Irwin here to coach you and Fred Willard. And, and we, had, uh, we had casting, we had casting director, director Jeannie Backrack. Yep. And each one of them saw a good deal of promise. But it hasn't resulted in any roles yet. No, it's not paying the bills. Okay, but, uh, well, tonight we have someone here who can help. She's a brilliant actress, writer, and producer. She's an American treasure. She won the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play. She was an Oscar nominee for her role in Nashville. She's won six Emmy Awards and received both the Screen Actors Guild Award for Lifetime Achievement and, in 2014, a Kennedy Center Honor. Please welcome... Lily Tomlin. Galaxy glue, galaxy glue. What would we do without galaxy glue and Lily Tomlin too? Lily, thank you for coming on our show. Well, it's a great pleasure. (laughs) It's a great pleasure to have you. Uh, Were you so nervous before you came? (laughs) When you were driving down Miranda Street, were you thinking, like, you know, if they could see me now? Yes. Yeah, it's very fancy. That did occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that whenever I drive down Miranda Street. Yeah. So, um, Lily, as you've heard, Paula wants to uh, up her game from an audition standpoint. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, today could be my day, Lily. So, uh, have you had, I mean, obviously you've had many an audition. Have you had many difficult ones? Or um, Yeah, I've had a fair, my fair share. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, well, what did you first audition for? What was your first audition? Do you remember? Oh, God, I don't recall that. Maybe something in college. I don't. Where did you go to college? I, I sort of went to Wayne State University in Detroit. I didn't realize there was a big academic background. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. She said, I sort of went. Yeah. What does that mean? I sort of went. I hung out a lot at the union and uh uh-huh. did your philosophy. Did your parents uh, Photoshop? Uh, uh, you onto an athlete's body like that lady did to get oh, her kid oh, in college? No, my mother had very little interest in whether I went to college or not. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like neither of you did. So uh, do any audition stories really stand out in your mind? Well, this is a, this one was pretty horrific because it's. I think all actors will understand this. Uh, I read for uh, Lovers and Other Strangers, and Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna were both there. Oh, wow. And they are the writers, of course. And uh, and Charles Grodin, whom I later was in uh, Shrinking Woman with, yes, Charles Charles Grodin was the director, and I had was assigned to the part where the girl just sits for like five minutes and listens to her fiance ranting about how the wedding is off. Uh-huh. They're not made for each other. They're just not going to work out. And just on and on and on, every excuse you can think of in the world. And I don't say anything until the very end, and I say. Did you pick up your tux? <laughs> so, and that was your audition? Well, yeah, because I my audition, I said, th- that's what I said when I picked up the paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I so when I sat there, supposedly having been roused from sleep, I you can imagine how many expressions I tried out on 
in the, in the <laughs> void of that five minutes. As you were listening. As I was listening. Oh, my yeah. Lord. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and there was just deathly silence. <laughs> and Chuck dragged his chair up next. And I didn't know Chuck at this time. I knew him as an actor. And he dragged his chair up beside me and he said, Honey, have you ever acted before? <laughs> so, so I take I did, it you went a little bit big then. I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. But so wait, did he say that after you had read the line or while you were making the expressions during the five minutes no, ranting? He, he, no, he was very cruel. And he let me go through it. I love that. And you know, what I really love about it is that, is that Charles Grodin is so well known for having that completely immobile face when he's, yeah, and he sometimes did, and when he's he, talking. That's how he delivered it to me exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was working on a, a you know, in some other, maybe he was going to put it into the play. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, did um, you get the role? No. <laughs> I didn't even. I, I. He barely recognized me when he showed up on the set of Shrinking Woman. And oh, I he was, didn't remember. No, he thought. Didn't he said, "Oh, you must be kidding." Oh yeah. And but I sobbed, and the, there was a big. Uh, this is the day of phone booths. Yeah, right. So you went into a phone booth and cried afterwards. Yeah, I don't see you as the crying in a phone booth type. <laughs> Well, you didn't see me as an actress type either. Yeah, that, that, no, showing that, up and auditioning—it's it's, it's, it's grueling, right? Yeah, I mean, that grind of just sucks. Just being put on because because I'm married to an actor, so I know what she goes through. Just getting ready, making it perfect, showing up, not getting it—it's just—it's just, it's just oh, a terrible cycle. And there are no phone booths anymore, so you no, just have to cry no right out in the open. Right. So if I were to say to you, "Have you picked up your tux?" Does that? Do you have like a PTSD? Response to that? No. No. You've, you've forgotten. It's water under the bridge. Um, were there any other? All right. So that was an early one. Any other bad auditions? Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, because I would be sitting across the desk from a, a producer type who was going to put me on a talk show. Maybe. <laughs> and uh, and I, my characters, you know, the characters I did at that time, like Ernestine, I had not been on Laughing yet. Oh, wow. Oh, so Ernestine would come out of this, out of my face, and <laughs> and uh, Madame Lupe, the world's oldest living beauty expert. Right. I, I wait a minute. That must I don't have been somewhat surprising her. to do your interlocutor there. Well, right? they they were not. Uh, it was more than surprising. The somehow I think in the old days they used to. This is quite a few years ago. You understand? Right. Yeah. They would, uh, I think they used to have a buzzer they could press under their desk. (laughs) (laughs) To get you escorted out? Exactly. That's really funny. The secretary would come and say, there's an emergency call on the phone. And they say, come with me. And they (laughs) take me with them. Was there a part of you that wanted to say, in retrospect, someday you're going to find this audition delightful? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I didn't have the old comedic cheekiness in those days. Right. No, it was right to the phone booth. For you after that. <laughs> oh, that's it's probably the assistant came in and said there's an emergency phone call. Uh, Lily, please come this way to the phone booth. It just brought you to your yeah. crying booth. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, I can't. I, you know, when, when you say it was like before, before laughing, before Ernestine, I, I can't. I, 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 
it, you don't it remember life before Ernestine. I, I just I do vaguely remember life before Ernestine, but it just doesn't seem right that there should have been life before Ernestine. It's so brilliant. I don't think I there was a life before. I mean, not in Ernestine's life. No, no. Just, it was uh, she was she was. So you had done those characters before before laughing. Yeah. Where did you develop them? Like well, on not stage as a well, at the improv, maybe. Right. Uh-huh. When Bud would deign to let a comedian go on. Uh-huh. Because in those days, you had to be vouched for if you were a female comedian. Oh, you had to be vouched for? Yeah, like some, By a man. some reputable man presence uh-huh. uh, who uh, wrote or did comedy. Had to say, this is Lily, she's with me. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. makes it sound almost like there was some sort of systemic inequality between the genders back oh, then. Oh, I wouldn't guess that. No, it's, no well, it sounds like it. The way yeah. you phrased it, it sounded yeah, like yeah. that. That's hard to imagine. <laughs> I'm sure that was unintentional, but that's, that's exactly yeah, that's hard what it came to across. And so you would go out and maybe do like a tits and ass kind of a thing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of that's the genesis of Ernestine, really. Is that kind of tits and ass right. thing? Kiss my ass. <laughs> yes, the earliest incarnation of Ernestine involved tassels. Um, oh man, that is nice. Well, okay, but we have to focus on. We're going to get right, to this, and, and you know, I'm just career. so overawed and psyched to have you here that I've been stalling. You know, we did meet. We met at Paula's house, and you beat me at ping pong. Oh, did you know that? No. It's yeah, true. You did. It's you were, true. You were, I would never you know, beat a man at ping pong. You did? Yeah, yeah, you had a male partner, and he vouched for you. And that's... <laughs> you did, in fact, have a male partner. That's how you even got through the door. Because uh, I so believe in sexism that I yeah. support it, even in my own home, as a woman. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's get to it. <laughs> and now, for a masterclass in how to audition, let's go to Outside the Actor's Studio. God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. How many people does he need? God, I hope I get it. Welcome I to Outside the Actor's Studio. How Tonight, iconic actress Lily Tomlin will coach Paula Poundstone on an audition for a role. Lily, Paula has brought in sides for a role she's up for. We'd like you to read the scene with her and then offer your coaching tips. How does that sound? It sounds really good. Okay. Well, I'm th- nervous. Let me just say I'm nervous. Did you used to feel nervous before you auditioned? Yes. Do you have any advice about that? Um, I, I would say you just say to yourself quietly with an inner voice, you say, I'm not nervous. I own the world. <laughs> okay. Wow, you know that's that's somewhat similar to the advice that Bill Irwin gave, like, like the, the, yeah. the internal confidence that I'm bringing something that you need is is kind of it was, I'm I'm well, sensing I'm a theme. Surpri- I'm not surprised because I coached him. Yeah, well, no, he, well, that's interesting that. <laughs> because what Bill Irwin specifically said was that you should have an inner voice that says, "Lily Tomlin's not nervous; she owns the world." <laughs> Right, that That's was specifically good. what he I wasn't said. sure how that would help me, but uh, good. Yeah, he says he says that himself. Okay, so um, now I'm going to set up the scene. Um, I've got a, a lengthy intro to the scene right here. I'm going to yeah. set it up. Well, but let me just let me just point out that one of the problems that I have with auditioning often is that when they give the description of the character, A, oftentimes it's nothing like me, and B, I mean, I guess that's where the acting part's required, but B, um, I'm not sure what to play I don't know how to play the things that they've put in the character description. 
Oh, Let me okay. just begin with oh, that. So that's why I'm going to read these character yeah, descriptions. Yeah, exactly. Because as an accomplished actor, Lily will will know what to what to pull out of the character descriptions, and Precisely. you'll be clueless. Yeah. I noticed that just looking ahead that I have a role in this one. Yeah. Did you yeah, write out a did. character description for the uh, for my role? I I did not. You did not. I just said that it would be here. Okay. <laughs> the detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, "Is it Renee?" And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy-mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, oh Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Okay, well, here we go. Here are the sides. Paula is reading for the role of Marta. 
Lily, if you will kindly read the role of Shirley. I will read the waiter and the stage directions. We begin with our character descriptions. Marta is an independent woman. She is strong, funny, and really into pugs. She's quirky. She is single and certainly doesn't feel she needs a man. But if love is in the next chapter, she won't close the book. Shirley, on the other hand, is a proud woman, used to nice things. She doesn't assimilate well into the general public. She's quirky, too, because the acorn didn't fall far from the tree. Her husband, Bruce, died two years ago. He was quirky. Marta and her mother, Shirley, (laughs) sit across from one another in a booth in Tony's diner. A waiter delivers the food. Ah, here's your vegetable plate heavy on the mashed potatoes, and here's your filet mignon. Shouldn't it be thicker than this? I don't know. It's the first time I've served it. Well, could you ask the chef? I'll be right back, ma'am. Mom, this is a diner. I told you not to order filet mignon. Well, it was on the menu. Your father and I need to love, used to love filet mignon, but all along, but all alone at <laughs> I I should have brought my glasses. That <laughs> I hope they're about right, so that's a good fifty. That's a good note to me. To make yeah. sure I have my glasses. Be sure right. you, and you do have your glasses, though. As an actor, you're you're winning there. Do well, wanna... it was on. I'm pro, I'm very picky. You know what am I? All play? right, you want to start? Um, why don't we? Uh, you want to start the whole scene over? Do you want to? Yeah, sure. just, aren't we just rehearsing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're rehearsing. Yeah, we're Absolutely. Rehearsing. Is like the the casting directors in this room right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The casting directors in this room right now. Is but... it Bonnie? Um, yes, it's Bonnie. It's Captain Crinkle. All right. Let's start this again. Okay. Okay. A waiter delivers their food. Okay. Here's your vegetable plate heavy on the mashed potatoes, and here's your filet mignon. Shouldn't it be thicker than, than this? I don't know. It's the first time I've served it. Well, could you ask the chef? I'll be right back, ma'am. Mom, this is a diner. I told you not to order filet mignon. Well, it was on the menu. <laughs> Your father and I used to love filet mignon, but all alone at home, I hardly ever get the chance to have it anymore. Ma'am, the the cook says we don't have a chef. I don't think this is one of your hardly ever chances. Shirley puts her napkin in her lap, and Marta notices a bright pink bandage on her mother's finger. What happened to your hand? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. I got a little cut on it. It's just that the location of the cut causes it to rub on everything. Mom... Did you ever think that you get all these little injuries so that you can wear self-adherent bandages because it reminds you of Dad? Why not just wear a locket? No! No, I never thought that I got a cut in a proper location or a poor one. And I remember your father and everything I do. I don't need to wear the self-adherent bandages that he invented to remember him with love and appreciation, which is something you might try a little more of. Your father wanted more for you, practically penniless, Eating in diners, why don't you come home to live in the house he built for us? It's what he'd want, it's what I want. I earned that house, and I took care of that man in every way a woman could. Mom, I'm trying to eat. (laughs) I don't want anything that came from his money. It's tainted. He revolutionized first aid with his self-adherent bandage. (laughs) It wraps around and clings to itself. He was against seatbelts. He used to tell me that safety was bad for the economy. He loved you. He never missed one of your softball games. He loved money. He used to yell, slide, when the batter got a walk. What an awful thing to say. 
How could you? You don't remember what the world was like when you could get a cut on your finger in a poor location, and your only solution was a small band-aid that <laughs> fell off within seconds of putting it on. Mom, he didn't pay his workers a living wage. It was a living wage for Ohio. <laughs> There's not that much to do in Ohio, and they were lucky to have those jobs. How hard is it to make a sticky bandage? It was having the idea. That was the hard part. <laughs> he did pass something on to me that you could be proud of. I work hard for a living, and I don't want any unfair advantages. Because of his greed, I want to make America a place where opportunity is evenly distributed. I see they have banana pudding. I wonder how their flaming bananas Foster is. And scene. Oh, just <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, you thank know, you, I... Miss Poundstone. That'll be all. Miss Tomlin, please stay. <laughs> no, you know what? I realized I gave you the wrong information, which is technically you're the casting director because you know how they always read the other line with you. Well, if she's a casting director, she's the best acting casting director I've, I've ever encountered. Yeah. Because usually they read pretty flat, and I have to say, the character of Shirley just came across beautifully. It did. And All regrettably right. now that we have to go to your performance. Um, so, Lily, uh, how do you think Paula did, and what, what could she do differently? Well, I think uh, she just, I think she's probably chosen the best pathway. Uh, she's herself. Right. And she expresses herself in an extremely comedic way, and she doesn't even have to write material because she just makes it up as she goes. Right. I've well, been to many, many of her concerts. Don't try no, to... but we're talking about for this role, not to I, be a stand-up comic. maybe you should give up your hope for these roles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would tend to agree with you on this, but... For the sake of this bit, we are supposed to offer she, her advice. Well, she, she could get her own, from her great talent as a comedian, uh -huh. she could eventually acquire her own performance show. Oh, yes. Uh, her own sort of variety. Well, variety's coming back, I think. Is yeah, variety's coming, coming back. back? But, really? But I and think that, her advice is then is then, don't quit your night job. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would be able to. This is to, not filling me with hope. You, well, you don't, no, you don't need to be filled with hope. You need to be filled with, like, a revenge. Okay. Revenge. <laughs> can you, but, are, Lily, are there any notes you can give Paula that okay. might, might improve her? Well, I Like, was, just glancing back over the well, script. clearly you didn't think I was very good. So what do you think no, would make me better? Were, I thought you were wonderful, but. No, it's a little I late now. You can't say that now. <laughs> I believe you were, you were brutally honest in your first few seconds. Uh, all right, so tell me what you think I could do to, to I think bring it up. You should, maybe Paula should have been the character's name. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, the character's name is Marta. I, I, so, all right, so you get the sides, right, as an actress. But I don't think an actress named Shirley would name her child Marta. Okay, yeah. but you get yeah. the sides. So is that what you do when you go in? She's critiquing a, your writing more than your acting. Yeah. Do you go in you know, on an audition and tell them to change the script? Would no, that be effective? Lily doesn't seem to want to talk about your acting. No, I, so I'm supposed to go into an audition and go, look, I don't think, if, I, if I'm reading for Marta and my mother's Shirley, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because why would Shirley name her kid Marta? You well, that, I think that would be one approach. Now, do you, have you ever on an audition gone in and sort of bedeviled them about the script itself? 
I ha- but I've had a job. <laughs> yeah. So you mean? So you? But you, then you weren't. But you? No, I'm saying when you were auditioning, not when you were already given, not when it, not when you already had the job. Well, if you're auditioning, you might not have enough time to, you know, rail against the script. Right. Because but I mean, would that would that be the right dynamic to go to a casting director and, and say, you know, I don't think the names are right on the script. Would that be the you right know what I'm, dynamic? You know what I'm loving? This exchange reminds me of like some kind of war movie where you're the young private who's just had his legs blown off. Right. And, and Lily's the sergeant. And you're going like, Sarge, how does it look? Will I ever run again? And she's just doing anything she can to not to not break the news to you that you don't have a chance. All right. All right. Lily Tomlin, you give me one fucking note. <laughs> you tell me one thing I could do to improve my reading. Okay. I and uh, and we'll. <laughs> yeah. See, um, this is why you don't do casting. This is exactly why you don't do casting. Do you do casting? You may be right. I'm not certain. <laughs> Well, do you think we should try the scene again? Maybe with uh... Uh, I don't know. Should we do? We could do part of it. Maybe you could or have my character. You could talk like my character, and I'll talk like yours. Do you want to try that? You'll see how great it'll be. I don't know if it will be. No, because I can't outdo what you did, and no, I'm not I reading was... for. The... Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone in on one role and then and then jettisoned to another? See, here's the secret to acting. Uh, is you just have to go with the moment. You go with the moment. Right. Unless yeah. you've really built and created a role and layered it, you know, many, yeah. many times with right. subtlety yeah. and motivation. Right, and motivation. So uh-huh. then otherwise you just pull out a, like, kind of like a silly voice and uh-huh. you let that take you wherever it takes you and pretty uh-huh. soon it'll make some strange emphasis that will draw an, a laugh from the audience. Well, I feel, I feel like you was accomplished that with, with Shirley. Yeah, you did uh, accomplish that with Shirley. You, re, you really did manage to... Well, I'm revealing the secret, the secret oh, that, was a secret that you were using. All right. Do you want to try to use that secret? Maybe use a funny voice? I don't think it work well, in the martyr role. We could try it. <laughs> in the martyr role. <laughs> Not martyr. Marta. Marta. <laughs> now, the martyr role on this podcast is, is mine exclusively. <laughs> I think that's clear. <laughs> By the way, Lily, I have to ask, what did you think of the waiter? Did you feel like you got to know him a little bit? Like, well, you see how he just used a funny voice. He just yeah. yeah, Jack. yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's try All right. this. All right. All right. We're gonna try this All again. Right. Fuck you. Let's take it from. Uh... Uh, uh, let's take it from mom. This is a diner. Okay. All right. Ready? All right. We're so this is, like this is after the, okay, the waiters after, exited and the and, audience And this applauded. is after my notes from the inimitable Lily Tomlin. <laughs> mom, this is a diner. I told you not to order the filet mignon. Well, it was on the menu. Your father and I used to love filet mignon, but all alone at home. I hardly ever get the chance to have it anymore. Ma'am, the cook says... We don't have a chef. I don't think this is one of your hardly ever chances. Shirley puts her napkin in her lap and Marta notices a bright pink bandage on her mother's finger. What happened to your hand? Oh, it's nothing. I got a little cut on it. It's just that the location of the cut causes it to rub on everything. Mom, did you ever think that you get all these little injuries so you can wear self-adherent bandages because it reminds you of Dad? 
Why not just wear a locket? <laughs> no, I never thought of putting my cut finger in a locket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to stop right there. Um, I tried your solution. Yeah, but you, see, I, here's what I noticed. Yeah. Just as an outside observer, I'm not yeah. a casting director here. It's no. going to be Lily who decides yeah. whether you get the part. Yeah. But what I noticed is that you put on a voice that was high-pitched but somewhat indistinct character-wise. Yeah. Whereas in Lily's read... She strengthened and deepened the choice that she'd made on her first read, and it was even stronger while doing text that was actually very expository. It was it was a remarkable performance. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think she really gave me a bump steer. <laughs> I thought I thought that was an improvement. <laughs> I'm not sure I did. All right. So well, Lily is 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 Paula gonna get the role, this role in this audition? I'm not really the last arbiter of tr who makes a choice. Oh, there's a right. producer involved as well? There's a producer? There's a producer okay, involved. Okay, what if... Um, <laughs> okay. What if uh, we're way into global warming? This is a writer's medium, though. What's a writer's medium? Is this for television? Yeah. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you'd probably have the choice. You wrote it, didn't you? She actually wrote that part I for did. herself, and I yet did. it came out like that. Yeah. And yeah. yet it came out like that. I don't, these are not the kinds of comments. <laughs> no, here, let, me, I let me, I'll show you how to do it. Okay. Okay, like, you pretend that um, one of your, you, Marta, has had, has a child that she adopted. Okay. And um, he's a, a, a very big, strapping, handsome young man. Okay. And he has what's called his, like, technological damage. <laughs> <laughs> now, read that like you want that boy in your home. You want him back happy, but he won't give up his gizmos. <laughs> his I'm electronic sure. gizmos. This is a little like... Uh, <laughs> this is the this feeling is, a little close? Yeah, it's feeling a little close. This is like the, the, the descriptions that they give you uh, that you don't you don't know how to play it, or I don't know how to play it. You know when. So well, I think what Lily was just advising you to do is so bring some of yourself into that role. What whatever they write in the character no, you, descriptions, no, you bring yourself. Yeah, that's to bring some motor, something that you can lean on. Like, uh, I, 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 if I had to do it, I don't know how I would do it myself. I, you have to think about it, and you have to kind of because like, I gave you the quirkier role. You did. Yeah, that was you your did. choice. Yeah. We're all, <laughs> You know, we could have switched. Did you ever roles. hear? No, I didn't need to switch roles. No, it's perfect. No, I'm Marta. I don't. Uh, there's, there's nothing that's going to stop me from being Marta. I guess, but we might be moving in a different direction with that role, actually, Paula. Yeah. Are you yeah. able to like just make this program as long as you want? We really yeah, we are. Can. It's the wonder of podcasting. But you're right. We have, we have waxed over long. So, <laughs> thank you, Lily Tomlin, thank for you, sharing Tomlin. your experience on this episode of Outside the Actors Studio. Thank you. Well, well struck. Coming up next, Lily Tomlin start on laughing. We have our laugh off. See what I did there? Which laugh that you hear in the background of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone makes you furious? And which one do you find endearing? Help us solve the mystery. And also explore the geography of coughing. That's coming up <laughs> right after this. Oh, God, I need this job. Please, God, I need this job. I've got to get this job. The Cat of the Week is Hildegard from Portland, Oregon. Me 
covered in class. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is sponsored in part by HelloFresh. Oh, I love these guys. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes, fresh pre-measured ingredients, and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards, which are delivered to your door each week. All meals come together within 30 minutes maximum, and there are flexible plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. We get the veggie. Oh, we get the family. And uh, it is easy to follow. It's very easy to follow. It would have to be for me to do it. Right. I'm not much in you the kitchen. You don't cook. I don't, I don't have the attention span for cooking, but this yeah. is, uh, so far I haven't managed to screw anything up. One of the things I really like about HelloFresh um, is that the you don't cook at all. I cook all the time, and yet we both feel quite fulfilled by what we're getting from HelloFresh. It's delicious. I don't delicious. feel like I'm not cooking. I mean, no. I'm learning. Yeah, and it's and it's delicious. Me and my daughter Allie, uh, I, I forget which one we made uh, most recently. I forget what it was. Have veggies in it. Um, yeah, you did. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, but it's delicious. And they send you everything. And then I think I've added my own butter, uh, but I use the fake butter. Right. Uh, and uh, because on any given week, if you're not getting Hello Fresh. The extent of the cooking you do is putting fake butter on toasted raisin bread, right? I make a lot of raisin toast. Yeah, I do. And you put fake butter. butter I, on I it. put fake butter on it, and then when I'm really living high, yeah. I have a toasted with fake butter, uh, peanut butter, and jelly on uh, raisin toast. You see, now this is why I think HelloFresh is great for you because, in some ways, it might because be all that's the, keeping you alive. They have no, they have the uh, <laughs> no, they have the they have the picture recipe that shows how to make the peanut butter and jelly on the oh, they raisin said you toast. Peanut butter and jelly on raisin toast <laughs> recipe. Funny, I, I didn't get that card. Yeah, yeah it's the vegetarian. Yeah. Um, no, it really is. It really is delicious. And again, you know, because I'm not really all that facile in the kitchen, it doesn't take very long at all. No, it really um, doesn't. And I appreciate that because I don't want to spend a long time in the kitchen. Right. I have a picture of Lily Tomlin from like a program and it's just taped on my cabinet door in my kitchen. And it says there are a billion and one reasons to honor Lily Tomlin. Really? Yeah. It's just taped up there. Well, you know what? Now there's a billion and two because I yeah. think, thought she was sensational. Yeah, tonight. she's great. The, yeah. and, she, you know, my guess is she's going to come back to me time and again and ask me to write more surely for her. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? I'd want to hear more from that character. Yeah. Though I do have to say, I'm wondering how much HelloFresh loves how we've segued into talk of <laughs> Lily Tomlin during this advertisement. Well, I just want to say this. I can't say that Lily does or doesn't eat HelloFresh. Um but she looks good. She does. Yeah. So it's very possible. Quite possible. That she's you know, eating they the hello really fresh. fresh ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So for a total of $80 off in your first month, that's $20 off your first four boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone80 and enter promo code Poundstone80. It's that simple. And you will love it. That is simple. That's HelloFresh.com Poundstone80, promo code Poundstone80 for a total of $80 off your first month. And it really happens. I know this for a fact because... A uh, a friend of mine in my neighborhood whose daughters go to school with my son went ahead, entered that code, and got $80 off her first four boxes, and she loved it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what are you going to do with that extra 80 bucks? Goes right into the college fund. Goes right into the college fund. That's terrific. Marty Thank you, house band Jamie Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Adam, there is a division among our audience. It's about the laughter in the background of our show uh, from our tiny but powerful studio audience. To be clear, we don't have a studio audience. Sitting here in the Ray Horseman studios each week are just our guests, head of security, Jonah Knuckles Glickman, and producers Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns, and Tony, nicknamed to be filled in later, Anita Hull. It is the laughter of Bonnie and Tony that is the issue. Listeners love it or hate it. And here's the thing, Paula. Tony and Bonnie don't agree on whose laugh is loved and or hated. Uh-huh. And we don't know because our listeners submit reviews and texts. We don't know if the laugh that certain audience members hate is the same laugh as the one that certain audience members love. But even now, as you and I are talking, yes. distractingly enough, across the table, Bonnie and <laughs> Tony are signaling each other as to whose laugh they think is the one. Yeah. They're both passionate about their own laugh. They yeah. both they both are so excited about perhaps uh, being the the laugh that people love. And let, let, let me let me let me talk about some of our listeners who've weighed in on this. They've posted reviews on the Maximum Fun site and on Apple uh, iTunes. Um, one reviewer, Newbie Doo, said, "Overall, I enjoy the show. However, there's some woman in the studio who laughs very loudly and unnaturally. Who is this? Why do we need to hear someone in the room laughing as if cueing us to laugh too? It's just weird. Sometimes I dread her laughter so much I turn off the pod." Wow. That is laughter dread. Yeah. Huh. Boy. You've got you've got one there. And someone identified as Grumpy's wife wrote, "Love everything except the laugh track." Her laughter is annoying. Let me just back up and say yeah, this. Yeah, we got it. Back there up. is no fucking canned laugh. There is no laugh track. Yeah, as There's though if you were. There's a couple people in the room. Yeah. That we work with, mm -hmm. and they laugh. As though if we were going to purchase a laugh track, we'd purchase the one where one woman is laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we're cutting corners here at Nobody Listens to Ball Bounce, but that yeah, sounds ridiculous. That's what kept 70s television going. Yeah, that one lady like laughing. One, yeah, remember when MASH... Um, <laughs> MASH was sort of revolutionary for not having a laugh track mm -hmm. um, because for years that's what comedy shows did they put in fake laughter just they got laughter from somewhere and they put it in and then MASH did episodes with no, no laugh they track and then slowly they worked their way back into a laugh track by having just that one woman yeah. They had that one woman laughing. That one woman laughing yeah. on and all those And we episodes. happen to get her on our show. It's amazing. Doesn't come cheap all either. All those years laughing. Now, we got some emails, too. Allie wrote, I love your podcast with Adam, but please mute the woman in the background with the very annoying laughter. She ruins the jokes. <laughs> Whereas John Warner wrote with a question. During the show... There is the frequent sound in the background of a girl laughing. I was wondering, one, is it a real person or canned laughter? John, see our last note. Two, if real, who that person was. Three, and could she teach my wife to laugh at my jokes, assuming, of course, that they are funny? We're not going to assume that, John. Four, if not, maybe you could somehow sell her laughter on your website, and I could play it when I make jokes and my wife doesn't laugh. It would make me feel so much better. Wow. Boy, that is a low bar. Yeah. Low bar for feeling better. Yeah, but, you know, he it's finds... just having the, taped laughter. He finds w either Tony or Bonnie's laugh delightful. Yeah. And other people find Tony or Bonnie's laugh infuriating. Yeah. It's ruined a lot of lives. Yeah. The way yeah, I'm it's, understanding it's, it's it. It's the most polarizing thing on our show. Yeah. People were uplifted by the comedy on the show until they heard that laugh. And then they had to pull over just because they were going to yeah, lay an egg of they, anger. Yeah, they ripped that... I 
phone out of their car. Yeah, turned off their pod. All right, listeners, we have a conundrum. So whose laughter are you really responding to, Captain Crinkle or Tony Anita Hull? Mm-hmm. We decided to have a laugh off. Or Phyllis Diller. <laughs> Thank God she's not here. Um, we're going to play you the two laughs. I love we Phyllis won't tell Diller. you who's laughing. I love Phyllis Diller, too, but, you know, as a laugh track, she wouldn't work. <laughs> I rest my case. All right, so sound engineer Anthony, and I know that makes you sound like a character on Mr. Rogers. Anthony, could you please play laughter clip number one? Okay, so that background laughter is either Tony or Bonnie. I know who it is. And now could you please play us laughter clip number two? And that one is either Bonnie or Tony. So this is what we're going to do. It's brilliant. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Go to our Facebook page, the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page, and we'll have those two clips there, each in its separate little entry. And all we want our listeners to do is listen to one of those mystery laughs, and if it delights you, click the heart icon, and if it enrages you, click the <laughs> angry face icon, and do that for both of them. And if you don't, if it doesn't affect you emotionally, feel free to just put a quip in there or something, make a comment. But we really want to get a sense of who is delighting you and who is annoying you and is it the same person? And keep in mind, either one of these laughers could be the, uh, what do they call it, keynote speaker at your graduation this spring. Right. Keep that in mind. Right. Yeah. That could what definitely happen. That? The person, the commencement, the commencement speaker. speaker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Either one is available. The commencement laugher. Um, for a commencement speech. Yeah. yeah. So which one will you yeah. prefer to, to have? <laughs> yeah. I'm very interested to when, see how when this When Lily graduated from Wayne State, wasn't it? Wayne State. She never graduated. She uh, said she went there a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phyllis Diller did the commencement speech. And what'd she sound like, Paula? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now there's another issue that comes up for this show. And that's my coughing. Now, I admit. Yeah, our show is a weekly symphony of coughing and laughing. I have a chronic cough. I've had it for 30 years or something. And right. sound engineer Anthony has asked me to say, give me a moment before I cough. Right. <laughs> give me a moment. Yeah. That, well, well, you can do that, though, right? It's a little hard, honestly. I mean, <laughs> give me a moment. I'm choking. You're saying that the cough is so spontaneous that you don't it's have time to ask for a cough. moment. It's a very spontaneous cough. Give me a moment. What we need is a phone booth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's for crying only. It's a very noisy studio, given how few people are in here. It's ridiculous. There's coughing. There's laughing. um, They're going to put the high-speed railroad through here. Yeah, and we got Captain Crinkle, who is her own symphony of extraneous noises all by herself. She just picked up paper now. She she just picked up some paper. (laughs) And and not only that, if you'll notice, it's not like your script, Paula, because what's your script? It's pieces of paper. Look at hers. It's folded. Hers is folded to get double To get maximum emphasis. sound out yeah. of it when she rifles and, through it. And also what she likes to do is put bubble wrap in between the pages. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing missing in this is the three stooges snoring. You know. If you want to comment on any of the bodily noises made in this podcast, you can write us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com or... Visit us on that Facebook page and vote. That's at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. That's where you can find behind-the-scenes videos and pictures, participate in some serious research polls, and we just might read one of your posts on the air, like we just done did. Uh, We'll be right back after this message. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank Thank you. Thanks. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast just... Tell me your impressions. 
It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. (gasps) And then watch this rocket blast off into space. Whoa. And there's the pies we made you. (gasps) Now, let's show you the podcast. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Whoa. Oh my goodness. That was 514 J.D. Power & Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah. I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go. A real podcast. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Manner, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back, all you nobodies. Paula, what do you want to say to all those people out there listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? Well, Adam, as I'm sure you know, Van Gogh only sold two pieces of art in his lifetime, and those were two drawings which he sold to his brother. Well, that shit won't work for a podcast. (laughs) The only way we can continue to make Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is if we reach more listeners. We're growth-oriented Operation. Very important. Many of our listeners, nobodies, they call themselves, although they're somebody to us, many of them don't know quite how to share with their kith that they are nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. So I have written some simple sample dialogue that can make that conversation easier. Okay, so this is simple sample dialogue that might work for some of our listeners out there. We do this every week, and uh, I... Back in the day, you might remember, I would get a little bit um, uh, hot under the collar about the fact that you uh, <laughs> that your simple sample dialogue is neither simple nor a good sample of what someone might say. But I've, I've progressed to the point where that no longer steams me. This dialogue will work for, for, for lots of for people. For lots of believe people. Me. Okay, great. Um, Looking forward to it. Listener's friend. Boy, you're in a good mood lately. Listener. You know, I do feel lighter. Listener's friend. That's how it seems. You you seem lighter. Why do you think that is? Listener, well, there's something I've never told you. I was once bitten by a four-toed hedgehog. Oh, really? Listener's friend, is that what that god-awful six-inch scar across your hand is from? I had never wanted to ask. Listener, yes, it is. I've never talked about it before because hedgehogs are so cute. There's Sonic and Mr. Pricklepants from Toy Story 2. They have a wonderful reputation, so naturally, I thought I was the only one who'd been viciously attacked by one. But I've been listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast that Sheila Baird describes as the whole shit show is perfectly hilarious and perfectly wonderful. 
And Paula was bitten by a four-toed hedgehog right on the podcast. Listener's friend. Ouch. Podcasts are sensitive. That must have hurt. <laughs> Listener. Adam Felber can be quite inimical towards her. She's pretty tough. The point is, it just felt so good to learn that I'm not the only one. And the show is so funny. I've just been feeling lighter. Well, 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 well. well that well, should be really helpful, I think. I, that should expand yeah. our reach uh, uh, through Eastern Europe. Yes. Through that should boost because our, in Eastern our Europe, Croatia those hedgehogs listeners. are yeah, Croatia. You know, you can't you you can't throw a stick without a, hitting a hedgehog. Like hitting it's, a four-toed hedgehog, and four those toed, are the vicious ones. Those are the vicious ones. So yeah. you got bit by a by a hedgehog on this podcast. Yes. And so you worked it into your sample dialogue. Yeah. And Paula, exactly. I like it. Thank you. If I have one critique, yeah. It feels like at the end there wasn't really a reason to take a side swipe at me, your co-host, and yet you do. No, there was no side swipe. It's what a- I was telling listener, what the listener was telling their friend. See, the friend was worried that I was hurt by the bite from the four-toed hedgehog. Thank you. Uh, and and what what the listener was telling their friend is that. Uh, you know, I'm tough. Uh, right. But in, in order to illustrate you, your what toughness, the, what the you listener, said, the said, listener was, said the listener says Adam Felber can be quite inimical towards her. Yeah. Just a little bit of a dig. It's a little I, bit of a casting not, yourself as the victim and me as the inimical one well, being inimical towards you. Well, what? what you, are you well, a victim on this podcast? The slipper fits. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> with that. So I think if you want to share uh, with your listeners, friends, listeners, you want to share the joy of the podcast. Yes. This is a good way to do it. Right. But you could do so without dogging the co-host, too. I don't see how. Okay. Um, um, uh, well, thanks, Paula. And nobody's remember, our email address, again, is nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Where I'm inimical towards everyone. Um, I just Not towards rem- everyone, towards me. Mostly you. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody about our fantastic advertisers, awaytravel.com. That's where you can get that fantastic smart luggage. $20 off if you go to awaytravel.com slash Paula and use the code Paula20. And HelloFresh.com. If you want $80 off your first four boxes, go to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone80. That's code Poundstone80 that you enter at checkout to get your deal. All right, that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Oh, technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special guest to tonight's house band, the amazing Jamie Chamberlain. And thanks again to our guest, the one and only Lily Tomlin. I love that I get to say that. Our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at TranscribeMe.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.